Good morning and welcome. Welcome to ParentWise with Monica Irvin. I'm Monica and I'm glad that you're here. Thank you, you all. Um, I hope you're having a good day. It's Thursday, October 29th, 2020. We're five days away from the election. Thank goodness these five days could not go by any faster. Um, I wish they could. I mean, I have a feeling they're going to go by slow, painfully slow. But we will get through it, you all. We will get through it. So I wanted to um, give a shout out and have you put something on your calendar. So on January the 1st, which is literally, what, two months away, y'all, not far, Rise Up is going to open its doors for new registrations um, from January 1st to January 7th. And so, if you don't know anything about Rise Up, you can go to theetiquettefactory.com forward slash Rise Up and learn about this parenting membership program. Y'all, it's, I can't even describe the blessing that it's been to me and to our members. We have just, we've all grown so much over the last Um, five months that we've been together and it's been a huge blessing and anyway I want you to look at I want you to look at it and I want you to think about joining us I would love for you to join our tribe so today we're going to jump into our topic that the title was long because I didn't know how to make it any shorter but the title is correct principles taught and learned Help all of us, including our children, handle conflict compassionately. You know, as parents, one of our greatest challenges, and actually even us as individuals, one of our greatest challenges is learning and teaching our children how to deal with conflict. And it's one of the most important skills I think any of us can learn and more than likely a skill that takes a lifetime of practice and understanding. But you all, it's really important that we operate from correct principles. I believe that as we teach our children correct biblical godly principles that the more they understand those principles the greater success they will have in living those principles it's hard to live things that you don't fully understand or that you don't fully know it's hard to live things that are not on your mind We have to, we can't just talk about these things whenever conflict comes up. But these are the kinds of principles that we have to be teaching our children and we have to be studying on a regular daily basis because that's the only way to get them ingrained in who we are as people. And here's the good news, you all. Sometimes when we read these lofty ideas that God has given us. It seems impossible. Well, the truth is, it is impossible. 
It is impossible to live how God would want us to live unless we have him helping us. We can't do it on our own. As mortals, we just don't have the capacity. We don't have the capacity to love and forgive and to show mercy and to be able to move on after we've been, you know, severely hurt. It's we're, it's not possible to do those things on our own. But with God, the beautiful, beautiful gift along with the atonement, making it possible that our sins can be forgiven and we can be washed clean. Also, the atonement, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross and in the garden also does more for us. One of those things is it enables us to have access to him and his power to do things that we cannot do on our own, like forgive and show love and tenderness. And so that's the good news. We don't have to worry about how are we ever going to do this. We just have to be willing to say, God, I trust you. And I know that if you've asked me to live my life like this, there is purpose in it. And I believe you when you tell me that if I follow you and trust you, that my life will be happier, that I will have more peace, and that eventually I will return home to you. That's the promise of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so in order to help our children learn how to handle conflict, you know, what happens when they get in a disagreement with their sibling, with a friend at school, even with mom and dad, parents, we have to teach the principles of the gospel in order to help them do that. There's, there's no shortcuts. There's no other way. There's no man-made ideas. I don't care what psychiatrist and sociologist and doctors and therapist, you know, can all teach you skills, beautiful skills to help us in our relationships. But ultimately, ultimately, the only way for you and I and our children to have success in our relationships, true success, is God. It's a Jesus thing. So, Let's talk just briefly about one of the places, one of the most powerful places in the scriptures that teaches us how to handle conflict. We literally have a playbook, you all, word for word, what to do when my brother and I both want to watch a different movie. Well, we can find the answer. In the Sermon on the Mount. What to do when my husband and I disagree about how to discipline our children? Well, the answer's in the Sermon on the Mount. What am I supposed to do when I don't like how my child is responding to my commands? 
Well, the answer is in the scriptures. It really is, you all. It, it really is. And so remember, we had the law of Moses. And it was important. And it was a, we'll call it a precursor to what is referred to often as a higher law. It wasn't that the law of Moses was wrong, of course, because it came from God. It was that the Israelites, at the time the law of Moses was given to them, they were really struggling. And God knew that they were only capable at that time of living the law of Moses. If he had given them the higher law, which Jesus delivered at the Sermon on the Mount, it would have, con- it would have surely condemned the whole house of Israel because at that time they just weren't ready. And so he gave them the law of Moses. However, the good news is that when the Savior came to the earth, and as he sat on that mountain and delivered the what is referred to as the Sermon on the Mount, and he taught his disciples a better way to live our life, and a way to live our life that will bring us closer to him. And it truly is one of the most beautiful passages in all of Scripture. And it's one of the most, the, the commandments that we're given in this passage of scripture is, is, I think, you know, some of the most difficult commandments that there are, but they're so promising and so fun to think about what if, what if we actually did trust in the Savior's words and just tried it? Try to live our life like he's asked us to do in this passage and see if conflict in our life is not reduced and if peace and unity in our families is not restored. You know what, you all? I believe him. And I have put many of these principles to the test. I have failed miserably at times, and I have suffered the consequences for that. But the beauty and the wonderful news of the gospel of Jesus Christ is he, can, he never stops allowing us to get up and try again. So just to kind of highlight a few of the words before we go on to how do we then apply this with our kids and ourselves is let me just remind you of eight different principles that the Savior taught in this passage. Number one, he told us that whoever is angry is in danger of judgment. Now, you know, that's that's pretty strong words because, you know, he taught his disciples that It's not just about what you do, it's about what you think. You're also judged according to your thoughts. And I know you and me both are going, oh, geez, you know, that's not good. (laughs) But the thing is, you all, we've got to remember that the Savior is not going to give us a commandment that we're not capable of living Have you ever thought about that? I mean, 
think about it. It's he's not going to give us a commandment just to set us up to fail. He's not going to give us a commandment just so he can condemn us. But he's always going to provide a way. And and so he's the way. The way is him. Right? And so how do we not even have angry thoughts? Well, it's difficult, but it's possible. And until you and I and your children believe that it's possible, well, we won't have success. But here's the thing. Once you switch and exercise your faith and believe that it's possible, it's literally possible to not have anger towards others who have a different political view than us. It's possible that we won't feel anger and resentfulness towards someone who is very outspoken about their political views right now that goes against everything we believe. It's possible that you not feel anger towards them. Y'all, it is. It's possible as we call upon the Lord to help us not have anger. And, but see, we have to ask for that. We actually, we can't, it's not just going to poof happen. We have to ask for the Lord to help us see those individuals through his eyes and try to understand why they're so passionate about the way they feel. And once we ask and plead with the Lord to give us more compassion and empathy and understanding for people who have different views, religious views, political views, moral views, y'all, we will because the Lord wants you to have that. And I know he appreciates when we ask for those Christ-like attributes and feelings. So we have to ask for it. To be honest, I have come to appreciate the passion. And even when I, of other people and how they feel about things, even when they're very different than how I feel. And I just, because I know when someone is that passionate that somewhere deep down in their heart, they believe that that's the right way. And it doesn't matter so much if you are, and I think it's wrong or right, but I appreciate people who believe deeply in whatever it is they believe and think that it's right and and try to bring other people to their side. Now, that doesn't stop me from voicing my opinion with kindness and love and compassion. And it doesn't, doesn't stop me from fighting for what I believe is right. But there's a big difference in whether I have anger in my heart towards another man. And y'all, the Sermon on the Mount makes it crystal clear that we are in the wrong, that if we are feeling anger, resentment, bitterness towards another person, that we have bigger problems than they do because our problem is between us and the Lord. 
And so when we realize that, it helps us to focus on what's the most important thing. Number two, another principle um, the Savior taught is that we are to agree with our adversary quickly. What does that mean? I'm not going to try to interpret these scriptures for you. I'm going to give you, you know, maybe a quick summary of how I've understood it, but I could be wrong. And so I want you to do your own study and come to your own decision about what you think the Savior means. What does it mean to agree with my adversary quickly? And I'm thinking, well, surely it doesn't mean that if someone says something that I believe is wrong, that I agree with them. And also, it does, surely he doesn't want me to lie and say, oh, I agree with you just to avoid um, a disagreement. No, I, none of that makes sense to me. But I think for me, what it means is find a way to agree with someone quickly that I am in conflict with. So, for instance, perhaps I'm going to use our political climate as an example for a lot of these because that's just where we are right now, you all. And as you know, that's where a lot of contention is right now in our in our country. But let's say that I'm talking to someone and they, um, you know, they uh, give their political view on a topic that I am passionately opposed to and they're in support of. And so what I think it means is that find something else that we could agree on. You know, look for a way that we could have a common conversation about something that 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 we both are passionate about. And so whether me and another person are completely on the opposite ends of the spectrum of pro-choice versus pro-life. But maybe we could agree on, um, you know, the importance of protecting our environment or the importance of protecting our freedoms or the importance of protecting, I don't know, but I hope you see what I'm trying to say. And so there are ways that we can handle conflict. And, and as we understand these principles, you all, it, it will help. So for instance, if you taught your child that principle, agree with thy adversary quickly. Like if you're in a disagreement with your brother about what movie to watch, then what could you find? What common ground could you find? And so you just, and these are discussions to have with your kids, but they're discussions to have your with your kids long before the disagreement happens about the movie. And so, you know, maybe my brother wants to watch, um, you know, a movie with superheroes, and I want to watch a movie about princesses. Um, I know I'm being real uh, sexist right now. Um, and um, and so it's like, well, so, okay, so let's take turns. And, you, you know, you pick yours and I'll pick mine. But I know we both like King Kong. And so let's plan to watch that one Friday night. You know, it's just a way of getting everyone's mind off of what we're conflicting about and trying to switch our brain over to something that we know we agree on. A third principle that the Savior teaches is, He says, Whosoever shall smite thee on the right, quickly turn your 
cheek to the other side. And it's like, I know when we first read that, I'm like, wait a second. You know, if someone hits me, uh, physically hits me, I'm not going to turn my cheek. I'm probably going to hit him back. And, of course, that's the Monica in me. But what's the principle here? You know, what principle is the Savior trying to teach? And what principle do we need to teach our children? And, you know, once again, I hope I hope you prayerfully consider this principle. And, and probably, you all, there's more than one truth to come out of this little phrase that the Savior said. But one thing that I take away from this principle is that, you know, people are going to um, abuse me at times. And not that I'm going to allow abuse. I'm not going to allow abuse. But if someone wrongs me, to me, that's the smite on my first cheek. I've been wronged by someone. That don't let that one wrong determine your relationship with that person forever. And don't, I've said this to you all before, you know, let let people have a bad moment without thinking they're a bad person. And let people have a bad day without thinking they're a bad person. And if someone smites me on my cheek... Don't assume that they're a bad person and dismiss them because, you know, if, if everyone in my life dismiss, dismissed me and decided they weren't going to ever have anything to do with me again after I had wronged them, and we can wrong people in lots of ways by saying unkind things, by doing unkind acts, etc., etc., I don't know that I'd have very many people still left around me. I, you know, I, I don't think I would because, you know, just throughout relationships at some point along the line, often we're going to wrong each other on some level. And so that's a principle. And so when our children have a conflict, when someone was mean to them at school, it doesn't mean that we're going to talk to our children and support the idea, well, that's just a mean person and you don't want to have anything to do with that person anymore. Just stay away. You know, that's not what we need to be talking about. And you all, these principles are very applicable to our life and our children's lives. It's up to us to figure out how to apply these principles to our everyday life. You know, that's our job. And the Holy Spirit, as we pray and ask, Heavenly Father, will you help me to have a better understanding of, of this principle so that I can help my children understand this principle so that we can live this principle better? That's that's the purpose of the scriptures, and that's the beauty of it, and that's what's so exciting about it. And, you know, sometimes when we think about these principles, in our logical, mortal brain, it doesn't make sense. We're like, well, how would that help me? How would that work? You know, you all, I think that a lot when it comes to gospel principles, but I can tell you this, 
I know God and I trust him completely. I trust every word that he speaks and delivers. Every word. And and it might, even when we try to live his principle and we don't see immediately or in the short term, how is this helping? This doesn't seem to be helping. <laughs> I'm still in a mess, even though I'm trying to live this principle. We just stay the course. And oftentimes, as you all have learned, it takes a while, sometimes a long while, to ever understand. I always, I love thinking about Joseph who was sold, you know, sold into lots of places, but ended up in Egypt. Um, and I think about, I don't know exactly how many years he was in captivity, you know, between um, Potiphar and then the prison and then um I don't know how many years he was captive. And I think all that time, you know, the scriptures say that he never stopped being devoted to the Lord. And he was devoted and he was doing all the right things, yet his life kept appearing that it was one major failure after another. And He was continually imprisoned and continually being used and abused, yet he was making all the right choices. And sometimes I really think we have to remember, that's why the Lord wants us to remember and know the stories of the scriptures, because when you're sitting there and you start feeling sorry for yourself, going, Lord, you know, I do everything I know. I try so hard to live Um, and obey and follow you and yet my life has fallen apart and then we get mad at God and I just that's why it's important you all that we know the scriptures because Joseph he didn't realize why he had gone through all that he had for years and years possibly a couple of decades Um, and yet you know he eventually learned why his life had to take the course it did And so when we're teaching our children these principles like, you know, whosoever shall smite thee on the right, turn thy other cheek, we've got to just trust in the Lord. So another principle is it, the Lord teaches us is give to them that ask. Well, okay, but what does that mean? And and how can it help us with conflict? And the way I've taken that, that principle is one time um and I'm sorry if I've shared this with y'all before um one time I had this family that I just that you know they were friends of ours and it just I I started feeling resentfulness towards this mother because I just felt like she was always taking advantage of me and perhaps she was um, and, and perhaps she didn't mean to be, but it felt that way. It felt that she was just, that she didn't care if she constantly put me out and constantly caused me to go out of my way to help her family and was always asking, not always, but I'm, I'm exaggerating, but I, I felt she was asking enough that made me, that I started feeling resentful, um, resenting it. And the Lord really chastised me 
after I was in my mind one day, she asked me to go pick up her son from school. And I was feeling really resentful as I was driving to pick him up from school. And all of a sudden, I really felt the Lord's chastisement. And because I just, the feeling that he gave me was, you know, look, you ask of me constantly. Your needs are so great that you need from me. And so you need to be as giving to her as I am to you. And boy, that really made me change my heart. I do think you all, I'm not saying that we all lay flat on our back and allow people to walk on us. And I absolutely do not think the Lord expects that either. And so we have to protect our own emotional health, our physical health, and that of our family. That is a priority. And there are lines. And I think the Lord will tell you. As we're seeking his counsel, he'll tell us when we have to, uh, you know, distance ourselves from someone, which I have done multiple times in my life. But I think if we always try to err on the side of generosity, err on the side of mercy, you know, err on the side of giving people the benefit of a doubt, if that's the most common way where we respond to others, that we will be more in line with these principles. Well, how else do we teach our children to handle conflict? Well, the fifth principle one uh, that I want to talk about is he, he says to love your enemies. He literally says, love your enemies. And when you think about an enemy, you think of someone who is attacking you, like attacking you, right? An enemy wants to hurt you and wants to conquer you. I mean, that's what I think of as an enemy. And God says, well, you're supposed to love them. Well, how do you do that? Y'all, we sometimes all we can do, the only way to love someone is to pray and ask the Lord to help us to love them and pray and ask us to help us to not have evil thoughts towards someone. And, and One of the other principles he says is pray for those that use us and persecute us. So that's a big part of loving them is pray for those that want harm to come to us and pray for those that misuse us. And and what's so interesting and the beauty of, of that principle is that when we pray for people who who are not being good to us, it increases our love for them. I can testify to you of that. That has happened in my life. You know, I I do have someone in my life that I've had a lot of conflict with throughout the years. But years ago, when I decided that I was just going to do my best to just love this person, and and I do pray for them, and I It's so interesting what has happened because now, so many years later, if and when this person every now and then reaches out in anger towards me, I'm not saying that it never bothers me, but y'all, it very seldom does. 
Like it's amazing the words that can be spoken to me in anger and I just don't get angry back. And it's not about me and now I have self-control. It's just that I have prayed and asked God over and over again to just help me love this person and help me see this person the way God does. And I feel like I do and I have great compassion for this person and I love this person and I want this person to be happy and to have peace. And so it's amazing because years ago, I couldn't have said that to you. I was constantly battling feelings of anger and resentment and bitterness and probably would relish a little bit when something befell this person. I mean, yeah, I was not where I needed to be. But thankfully, through the grace and goodness of God, he has slowly changed my heart and What happens, the beauty of that is we have so much more peace in our life when we can just love our enemies and pray for those that use and persecute us. He also says, bless them that curse you. How do you bless someone? Well, in the South, we bless everybody. We bless you and bless you and bless your children. And we're always saying, God bless you. And that's just what we do. But What does it really mean to bless them that curse you? Well, when I think of someone that curses me, (laughs) well, I don't know. I probably have been cursed at uh, a couple times in my life. Probably I deserved it. But to really, you know, maybe curse doesn't always just mean a curse word. But, you know, when you think of cursing someone, it's like you're, I don't know, condemning someone or, um, I don't, I guess, pointing out what someone's done that's wrong. And and the Lord says, bless them. And I think it means give blessings to them, serve them, love them, pray for them, do good to them. And I think that's what it means. And we have to, as we're teaching our children how to handle conflict, We can ask the question, well, how can you bless this person who is not treating you Christ-like, but how can you in turn treat them Christ-like? And finally, uh, and he says many other things, but the only other thing we're going to talk about is do good to them that hate you, which I think is similar to blessing them. Doing good, in my mind, means serving. And the Lord knows that when we serve others, um, that it softens hearts on both sides of a conflict. You all, as, as you go forward and try to teach your children how to better handle conflict, please don't attempt to do it without teaching the principles of handling conflict which you can find in the Sermon on the Mount. You know, I had a, a, an email sent to me just last night, and when she sent the email, I've already had other people mention this to me in the last month or two. It's amazing how many families are in conflict, like with your extended family right now because of this political season. 
And I had someone email me and tell me that this, you know, it was just literally tearing her family apart. And she spoke about her mother and she's in you know, the woman is an adult and has adult siblings that her mother was a supporter of one candidate so strongly and her two younger siblings were not were a, you know support of the opposing party and due to this conflict um her mother was literally you know literally making it known that her younger two adult children were not even welcome in her home. And, you know, and she was, and, and there's more, but she was asking, you know, my thoughts on how to handle such a situation. And you all, my answer, I hope, is always going to be the same because the Lord has given, has given us the answer. He has already given us the answer for every single conflict that we or our children could ever find ourselves in. And the answer is love. It just is. Y'all, it, it just is. There is no other answer. And sometimes we don't like that answer because you're thinking, yeah, but I don't want it to be love because I don't feel like loving that person or I don't know how to love that person or um, there's got to be something else. You know, that person doesn't deserve my love. You know, they're not treating me in a way that they deserve my love. Well, okay then. If you want to keep conflict in your life because it's so fun to be in disagreements with people and it's so fun to have animosity in our family, well, then you keep trying it your way. But if you ever get tired of it, if you ever get tired, then try love. And, you know, and things that, there are some things that won't be solved until the other side, y'all. And we have to accept that. But I can tell you this, that when people are angry Anger is a symptom of hurt 100% of the time. There is some hurt. Maybe you didn't cause the hurt and someone else caused it. That's often the case. But deep down, somewhere, someplace, there is hurt. And it comes out as anger. And the only way... The only way to heal that is love. So if you want to help your children learn how to get along with their siblings better, and you want to help your kids as they face conflict with their teenage friends, and if you want to help conflict in your marriage, and if you want to help conflict with your in-laws and your extended family, the answers to how to do that are in the scriptures. Thank you for listening, y'all. I appreciate it. I would love for you to, I know it's it takes time, but I would love for you to take the time to give me a review, give this podcast a review over on, um, oh gosh, y'all, my brain just went dead. You know where, on iTunes. Thank you, brain. 
um, on iTunes. Would love that. I love your feedback. And you know what? It helps me when you email me with a question, um, whether uh, it's a personal question about your family that you feel like um, a lot of times when people do send me personal questions, it helps me to have an idea of a broader principle to teach in the in my podcast. And so that's very helpful. So, if, you know, please feel free to reach out to me anytime and and I will keep your questions, you know, I will never reveal the name of, of who um, has asked me a question and will honor your privacy. Um, and, and if you don't want me to ever talk about your situation, whether anonymous, anonymously or not, you just, just tell me that. And of course I will honor that. Um, I hope you visit the etiquettefactory.com. I hope you're friends with us on Facebook, the etiquette factory with Monica Irvin on Facebook and support us there and uh, stay connected with us there. Hey, y'all have a great rest of your week and be grateful in the coming five days that we live in a democracy with all of its flaws. Y'all, it is the greatest nation on this earth and how blessed are we to live here. So thanks for listening. Bye.